it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Garrett Wilson. Wow! What a catch! Touchdown, Jets! That kid's amazing. Gibson on the return. Near side. I don't see any flags. Gibson inside the 30. Hits the Jets. And he's going to go. Jets win it. Touchdown. Rookie Xavier Gibson. Game over. Allen has time. Intercepted. Sauce Gardner's got it. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quinn Williams. What a beast, number 95 for the Jets. Listen, thank you. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And we are going to talk about what's going on at the scouting combine in Indianapolis. Now, later today is when things are going to really start happening, workouts, media availability, and all of that. We did a preview of the Combine yesterday with our buddy Glenn Naughton, but our man on the scene this week is George Bremer, our old friend over in Indianapolis reporting for CNHI Sports in Anderson, Indiana. And so I thought we could talk about all the whispers that are going on as the Combine is about to get ready later today. George, welcome back to the show, man. It's weird. It feels like it's been way too long. Usually we end up doing shows in the offseason too because the Colts and Jets do some business. This past offseason that didn't happen and the Jets didn't play the Colts, so we didn't have our usual excuse to do shows. Yeah, it was a little bit different this year. Now we'll turn around and and change that this year. The Colts playing both New York teams, Mm -hmm. Jets and the Giants, on the road too. And of course, George, you know the deal. If you come out here for a road trip for either of those two, Pete's on me. So just let me know. I will. I'll let you know. I, I don't know. You know, we got to get a schedule and everything. Got to figure out what the plans are for this year. But uh, two trips to New York is going to be an interesting season. Without a doubt. And speaking of interesting, before we get to a couple of notes involving some of the prospects that are at the Combine, there are some rumors circulating right now that were unexpected and are shaking the foundations of the Jets right now. We've heard about a couple of the coaches leaving. We've heard about a couple of the guys in the front office leaving. 
Now there's whispers that the guy who might be the most popular assistant coach on the team could be looking to go somewhere else. Thank you to Michael Palace who sent me this little blurb from The Athletic because I don't have a subscription. This is courtesy of Tim Kawakami who covers the Warriors and of course the San Francisco 49ers. Tim, one of the best reporters out there on the West Coast. So if he says this, there's got to be something to it. Quote, my most realistic guesses offered on a couple of podcasts last week are Indianapolis defensive coordinator Gus Bradley, so this sort of involves you too, George, and Jets DC Jeff Ulbrich. I'm not sure about either of their contractual situations, but I will continue to guess that Ulbrich, a former 49ers linebacker who remains close to many people inside the organization, would have the most motivation of those two to want this job. Would the Jets let him make a lateral move? I don't know, but I think there would be momentum for this if the 49ers and Ulbrich want it to happen. So, George, I was talking to you about this before we started recording. What this comes down to is obviously the Jets would be able to block this move, even if it's something that really is in the works behind the scenes, because if it's a lateral move, the Jets don't have to let him go anywhere. However, you could see this from Jeff Ulbrich's side, and Jeff Ulbrich's side is this. He got zero head coaching interviews this past year, even though the Jets' defense was outstanding. He did a really good job at the Senior Bowl, by all accounts, coaching his team to a victory despite numerous players on his team either getting hurt or leaving altogether because they didn't want to risk getting hurt in the actual game at the end of the week. So he checks a lot of the boxes for a guy that would have gotten at least some interviews in this coaching cycle, but it didn't happen. And if you're Ulbrich, you have to think that a big part of the reason it didn't happen is because people are looking at you as nothing but Robert Sala's sidekick. They say it's Robert Sala's defense. It's not really Ulbrich's, and Ulbrich is just carrying out what Sala wants. Now, I don't think that's the case, and I think if you're inside the Jets' bubble, you understand that's not the case. Obviously, Sala's very involved, but Ulbrich has done a lot, and Sala's made that clear to his credit. He said that publicly as well. And so this could be a situation somewhat similar to what happened with Mike Pettin and Rex Ryan. Mike Pettin was getting no looks as a potential head coach because everybody just saw him as Rex's guy. And so he had to leave, take a lateral move to go to the Buffalo Bills, did well there for a year, and then ended up getting hired by the Cleveland Browns as their head coach. Didn't work out for him there, but at least he got the opportunity. So Ulbrich may feel like in order for him to get the chance He's got to go somewhere else and prove that he's not just Robert Sala's sidekick. He's got to get out of Sala's shadow. And the 49ers seem like a pretty good place for that. Obviously, Steve Wilkes got fired, and he didn't see eye-to-eye with Kyle Shanahan. But the last two guys that were defensive coordinators for Kyle Shanahan, Sala and D'Amico Ryans, got opportunities as head coaches. So I'm curious to hear what you think about this, George. Obviously, it does involve you because Gus Bradley is part of what Tim Kawakami talked about. But also the whole principle here of Jeff Ulbrich looking to potentially get out of Robert Sala's shadow. If you're the Jets, do you hold him here and say, no, you're too valuable? Or do you say, okay, I don't want to stand in your way of potentially advancing your career. If you really don't want to be here, we'll let you go if you and the 49ers work out a deal. Yeah, that's always a tough thing. I think for coordinators in that spot, it's it's always tough because you know if you're on the same side of the ball as the head coach, you're always looked at as you know, in their shadow, this guy's running the show and, you know, you're just kind of window dressing and they always have that motivation, obviously to, to go somewhere else and prove themselves. I think you see that with offense coordinators, defense coordinators, doesn't matter, you know, all the way around. Some of them, I think it's easier on the offensive side to overcome it for whatever reason we've seen 
several hires in the last few years now where the offense coordinator who didn't call the plays still got a head coaching job. I think it just happened in uh, Tennessee with, with uh, Brian Callahan. So, you know, it, you hardly see that on the defensive side. It's hard enough for a defensive coach to get a head coaching job in the, in the environment the way it is now. I think it's even harder if your head coach is also on the defensive side. So, you know, from the coach's standpoint, I think the motivation is is pretty clear. The franchise, it's a tougher – the math, I think, is more complicated there because it, a lot of it depends on – you know, I don't know the, the Jets' infrastructure well enough. A lot of it depends on – how well you feel the coaching staff behind him is. Is there somebody in house who could step into that role and you, you don't, you're going to miss, you know, a ton. You're more willing to make that move. Or is there somebody elsewhere in the league that you think you could bring in at that point? I think you're more willing to, to let the coach, you know, if, if that's his wish, you're more likely to let him go and grow. I mean, you don't generally want somebody in your building who doesn't want to be there. That part's kind of, self-explanatory but at the same time you can't hurt the team so you know from the indianapolis perspective i'd be surprised if if Bradley leaves just because uh you know he wasn't shane sykins higher in the sense that he was already here but they've worked together previously and shane was pretty adamant in his defense of bradley after the season there were a lot of people here in indy that were you know not happy uh and they gave up 20 points a game something like that uh, they were, or they're 28th in the league in scoring and it's second straight year that's happened. It was a young defense. There were a lot of things that happened, but there was a lot of pressure on him at the end of the year. A lot of people feeling like, you know, maybe they need to upgrade, let Shane go and get his own guy. And Shane was very, really stood up. He doesn't say a whole lot on any topic really, but he came out in this case and really defended Gus Bradley and said, you know, continuity is, is important to me. And, and I don't want to make these changes. You know, I, I want to keep him here. And then they hired a couple of new defensive coaches of the staff. So it would be awkward, I think, if, if Bradley left at this point. But it's the NFL. You know, it wouldn't be unprecedented. Um, I, I think from the Jets' side, it really comes down to what their confidence level is, both in-house and, and out there. I mean, is there, you know, somebody working somewhere else that Robert Sala has a history with that he feels like can come in and, and do the job? He might be more willing to, to let a guy walk in that instance. The timing here is definitely very interesting because you would think with the Jets getting ready to dive into free agency and, of course, the draft, you would want to have the key decision makers ready to go. But then they're losing all these guys, a couple of guys in the front office, a couple of guys in the coaching staff. And then if Ulrich were to leave, certainly that would be the biggest domino of all of them. So it'll be interesting to see what happens here with either Ulrich or Gus Bradley. I think it sounds like based on what Kawakami said... Bradley would be more far-fetched than Ulbrich, but I hope as a Jets fan that Ulbrich isn't going anywhere. I will say, though, a lot of what's going on at the Combine this week is not going to revolve around the players that Jeff Ulbrich might potentially coach for the Jets. It's mostly going to be offensive players as it pertains to what the Jets may do. And so let's talk about some of the things that are coming out right now. The two consensus top receivers in this draft, Marvin Harrison 
and Malik Neighbors are not going to work out. Harrison's going to skip it all together. He won't even be there. Neighbors will be there to interview, but he will not be participating in any drills. He will save that for his LSU Pro Day. And then, of course, you've got the third guy, Roma Dunze, and he will be doing all the drills and working out and all of that. So that's what you get right now with the three guys that everybody expects to be the top three receivers off the board. Harrison won't be there at all. Neighbors will be there to interview, but not to actually work out. And Adunze will be doing all of it. Yeah, I, I'm surprised with Harrison not being there at all. That the the on field part is not surprising because, uh, you know, that's that trend's been going on for more than a decade, uh, probably longer than that, honestly. Where the the really top guys don't work out, they don't have anything to prove. You know, they'll go to their pro day and and that they'll stand on that. Uh, but normally you want to go down there and, and meet with people, you know, get, get those in-person interviews, let coaches, GMs, you know, honestly, a lot of times it's introduction to a lot of those guys. Scouts know them. Scouts have been out obviously on campus and have talked to these kids. And, but many of the GMs, this will be the first time that they've sat down in person. Maybe they did at senior bowl, uh, but a kid like Marvin Harrison wasn't there, you know, so that, that not a possibility for him. Um, what it tells me is he probably has a pretty good idea of where he's going. Um, you know, somewhere along the line, you feel like in most reports are he's what top three, top four. Uh, he probably has a pretty decent idea of where he's going and he just, there isn't really a big need for him to go down there and, and do the meat market. Obviously his dad uh, had plenty of experience with this. So I'm sure uh, he was involved in this decision too. That one to me is a little bit surprising just because like I said, normally, um, even if you don't do any of the testing and, and anything else, you're there to to talk to teams and meet decision makers and just sort of set that table for yourself. Um, but you know, it, will it help Rome out a little bit? Maybe. I I don't know how much honestly the combine drills change draft boards. I think if they do, uh, you're probably making a mistake, in all honesty. You know, the tape is is what matters here. We talk about this every year. Um, that's really what what drives your your draft position. And can somebody maybe get themselves into the draft? You know, by by a workout, yeah, probably. Um, can you move up a round or two potentially? But I think when you're up there at the top, teams have put a lot of time into to all these guys. I don't know that anything they're going to do, you know, basically in their underwear out there this week is is really going to change the pecking order at the very top. But I'm sure. There's a team or two out there that's going to look at this and, and say, hey, there's a competitive nature here that we really like uh, and you know, give some bonus points there. But I don't know. I, I think the on-field part of the, the – in so many ways, I think the on-field part of the, the combine is overrated. I, I feel like it's something that it's become a TV spectacle. Uh, and I think we in the media put more emphasis on it than the teams do You know, when it comes down to – actually making the decision on draft day. George, I think what a lot of it comes down to is the combine should be used to supplement what you already think 
about a prospect. So if you watch him work out and it matches what you saw on tape, great, even more confirmation. However, there could be some instances where you're waiting to see if certain things the guy didn't show on tape, something that he's capable of physically. If you can see him pull off certain drills, I've talked about this as an example, Brock Bowers. You didn't see him make very many contested catches at the University of Georgia. Can he just not do it? Or is it something he just wasn't put in position to do a lot at Georgia? I think the vertical leap will tell a lot of that tale. If he does well the vertical leap, then I think teams will say, well, he's capable of it. He just wasn't asked to do it. We can develop that skill. If he has a bad vertical leap, then it could go the other way. So I think that's really what a lot of times the combine serves to do is to filter that sort of stuff. I want to talk a little bit about the quarterbacks now because it's a little bit different than the wide receivers. The only guy that isn't going to work out is Caleb Williams, but unlike Marvin Harrison Jr., he will be there to interview. He's just not going to work out until his pro day. All the other quarterbacks, Jaden Daniels, Michael Penix Jr., Bo Nix, Drake May, they will all be working out for the teams that are in attendance. I think part of that is because some of these guys really feel like they need a leg up. Penix and Knicks, for example, in terms of moving themselves up. J.J. McCarthy from Michigan as well. And then Drake May and Jane Daniels, it seems like everybody believes they're locked in a battle to be the second quarterback overall. So they're probably both looking for any edge they can get. As far as Caleb Williams goes, everybody expects him to go first overall. And I thought this was interesting. Everything you've been reading is that the Bears seem to be leaning towards trading away Justin Fields, keeping the number one pick, and drafting Caleb Williams. You've heard Adam Schefter, among others, say this, right? However, today, Peter King, who is about to retire, so congratulations on a really long career, Peter King, one of the best-known sports writers in America for a really long time, he said this in his column, I suppose the Bears are going to trade the top pick. I don't know that for a fact, but that seems to be the way the wind is blowing. What I personally say, the Bears could keep Justin Fields, and I think they should, and trade the first pick down once or twice and build the kind of supporting cast a team needs to contend. Suppose GM Ryan Poles traded the top pick down one spot to Washington, which would take Caleb Williams, and got the second pick, a second round pick, and then a 2025 first rounder in return. Then suppose Poles traded the second pick to Atlanta at number eight, and the Falcons picked one of the other quarterbacks, presumably Jaden Daniels of LSU or Drake May of North Carolina. In return, Chicago gets the eighth pick, Atlanta's second round pick, and a first and second round pick next year. Imagine moving from one to eight and ending up with a draft haul that big. So Peter King, as far as I'm aware, is the first major national name who has lent credence to the idea that the Bears may actually keep Justin Fields and move out of that spot. Now, me personally, I haven't seen enough from Justin Fields to believe in him to the point where I would pass on Caleb Williams on a five-year rookie deal. I would take Caleb Williams, trade Justin Fields for the best deal you can get. Sounds like it's probably going to be something along the lines of a two and a three or a two and a four, and then move forward from there. Because if Caleb Williams ends up being even a top 10 quarterback on a rookie deal, you have the opportunity to surround him with some really nice pieces Quite a few of them would be on cheap rookie deals, and so you'd have a chance to really do something in the NFC. But of course, if they decide to keep Justin Fields and go the other way, they could pick up a ton of assets to move down a bunch of spots and go in that direction as well. It's not a bad problem to have, but you do have to be careful here because, George, you know the story. If they make the wrong move, it could be disastrous. If they take Caleb Williams and he ends up not being good and they passed on this haul, 
then everybody's going to look back and say, well, you could have kept Justin Fields, picked up a haul, built around the roster, and then if Fields didn't do well, you would have had the picks to rebuild at quarterback anyway. That's sort of what a lot of Jets fans were saying when they resisted the opportunity to trade out of the number two spot and they picked Zach Wilson instead, and obviously Zach Wilson hasn't worked out. However, of course, if the Bears trade down, Fields doesn't really end up panning out and Caleb Williams turns out to be awesome, then it's going to be a situation where everybody is going to go crazy on Ryan Poles because how could you pass on this fantastic talent, stick with Justin Fields who hadn't shown you enough, and then now you're still searching for that quarterback and they're very much in a similar situation. So either way, you want to avoid a scenario where you make the wrong call because either way it could be disastrous. Now, this is sort of where I come down, George, and I want to know what you think. If the Bears believe that Caleb Williams is definitely going to be better than Justin Fields and definitely going to be better than him by a significant margin. You keep Caleb Williams and you move Justin Fields and you take whatever picks you get from Fields and you build it out around Caleb Williams. However, if they're not that sold on Caleb Williams and maybe they think he'll be better than Fields but not by a ton, they think he might be like the 12th best quarterback in the league or something like that, then make the deal because if you get that gigantic haul, you can build out a super roster and then find a way to fit in the quarterback later on. It's a tough dilemma, but in a way, it's a good problem to have because there are a lot of options here for Ryan Pulse. He just has to make sure he doesn't walk through the wrong door. Yeah, it's a good problem to have, but you got to make the right choice. I mean, it, you know, it, like you said, if, if either way, if it goes wrong, uh, the fans are going to come after you in force. If Caleb Williams is somewhere else and he's tearing it up, uh, and Justin Fields, as you said, doesn't pan out. Uh, that's going to be a really terrible look for the Bears and vice versa. If Kev Williams doesn't work out in Chicago and Justin Fields goes to Atlanta and Pittsburgh are the two you hear the most uh, and is winning right away and, and looks you know significantly better than he did in Chicago, that's going to be an even worse look for the, for the Bears because it's going to be you didn't develop the guy you got and you didn't develop the guy you gave away. Uh, so they're going to be careful. It really comes down to, like you said, polls evaluation here. I think that's that drives all of this. If he feels like there's a chance that Caleb Williams is going to be generational, then you've got to take that chance. You've got to shoot for the stars uh, and and bring in that guy who could theoretically change your franchise. If he doesn't, then maybe that, that draft hall is looking better to you. I do think it's interesting because, you know, they, they did the same thing last year. They had the same dilemma last year. Uh, you could argue, you know, maybe they should have taken C.J. Stroud. That wasn't on the board at the time, but seeing what he did in Houston, you know, maybe last year they should have taken C.J. Stroud uh, and moved on from Justin Fields then. I don't know where the Bears stand on, on that thought. You know, they, they've gone down that road already once of let's load up on draft picks and build around Justin Fields. They took some steps forward. Is it enough? Only really Ryan Pulse can make that call. And does he feel like this team – move forward enough last year that if you add another draft hall, they can finally get into contention. They're chasing, you know, a couple teams that, that look pretty well set up in that division. You look at Detroit right now, uh, you know, one of the hottest teams in the playoffs, and it doesn't look like that team's going to dip in the near future. They, they've got a, a good young core. Uh, so you, you don't, you don't worry about the lions slipping the Packers, you know, at the end of the year, Jordan Love was really coming on. You feel like they're ready to start rebuilding and and be good for a while. And who knows if the Vikings can figure out the quarterback spot, they get some decisions to make as well. They also have shown that they can be very competitive. So I think it's it's really important for the Bears that you make the right choice here because the rest of the division is moving on without you. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. One note that is of particular interest to the Jets, you would think, is according to Jordan Reed of ESPN, Georgia offensive tackle Amarius Mims, who underwent tightrope surgery on his ankle in September and re-aggravated the injury in the SEC championship game, is now fully healthy and plans to participate in all on-field testing and drills at the Combine. So that's a big one because I know people weren't sure where Mims was at medically, Now you know that he's healthy enough to participate in the drills, and obviously they'll get a look at his medicals. This is a fascinating class from an offensive line standpoint, George. And as we know, building that offensive line is extremely important. You saw firsthand in Indianapolis 
what not having an offensive line to protect Andrew Luck did, and then what eventually actually having an offensive line looked like and the difference between the two. If only they had had an elite offensive line in front of Andrew Luck before the injuries piled up, maybe his career would have gone a different way and he would still be the quarterback in Indianapolis right now. Jets in a bit of a different situation because they've got Aaron Rodgers who probably realistically only has a year or two left, but still you've got to do your best to protect him, especially after what happened four plays into last season. You have to make sure that something like that does not happen again or at least lower the odds of anything like that happening again. And that begins with the protection that he has up front. Amarius Mims viewed as a bit of a project, a little bit, but some outstanding tools. He might be a guy who ends up being better than you expect early on and then really grows into an excellent player as time progresses. You never really know how these things go. Some teams might think he's less of a project than a lot of the draft people online do. But the fact that he is going to work out and does seem to be healthy at the moment is huge for him. And it'll be very interesting for teams like the Jets that need to look very closely at all the top offensive line prospects at the Combine in Indy this week. 100%. I mean, you look at the line and I've got PTSD right now. You even mentioned in the whole Andrew Luck situation, uh, you know, that derailed the franchise for what, five or six years. And they still aren't sure. I mean, you're waiting on Anthony Richardson. You see a lot to like uh, in, in the brief time he was out there, but he obviously got injured as well and got to stay healthy, got to stay on the field, and then he's got to consistently put together the flashes that he had. So, um, you know, where would this franchise be and, and how different would things be if they had protected Andrew Luck? Uh, that's the million-dollar question in Indy. And, yeah, I think every team out there, that should be – one of your top priorities, um, if not the top priority. If you've got the quarterback already, then the next thing you need to do is make sure he's protected, then give him the weapons around him. Uh, I think the Jets are set with the weapons around him. So, yeah, I, I think the offensive line right now is paramount. I mean, if you can keep a quarterback upright, obviously, you know, that's I – mean, you look at the, the playoffs, you know, that just went by – uh, Kansas City and San Francisco both were able to keep their quarterbacks healthy all year. Uh, not very many teams did that across the league. I mean, how many guys were on the sideline? I don't think it's any coincidence. You know, the two teams in the Super Bowl were teams that, that had their quarterback pretty much all season long. George, last order of business. Let's quickly go over what the schedule is going to be for the rest of this week. Some medicals and media and team interviews going on later today and then also on Wednesday and then Thursday the workouts really get going. On February 29th, that's Thursday, the defensive line and the linebackers will get going at 3 o'clock. On Friday, March 1st, the tight ends and the defensive backs will get going at 3 p.m. On March 2nd, Saturday, quarterbacks, wide receivers, and running backs, that'll be a day of major interest for Jets fans and Jets media, 1 p.m. And then the final day, Sunday, the offensive line, the place kickers, and special teams at 1 o'clock. That's another day that will be very important for Jets fans. So a full week there for you, George, down in Indianapolis. Yeah, you know, it's always fun. I think it's good it's still here. Get on my soapbox a little bit. You know, there's rumors every year. We know it's coming back again next year. Uh, the infrastructure in this city, I think, is pretty special with the way they're able to get the medical done. Uh, they've done it for, for decades here now. Uh, hopefully the league will, will leave well enough alone, but uh, it seems inevitable. It's, it's moving on eventually. 
I hope that the combine stays in Indianapolis for as long as possible. And part of it is purely selfish because I know that for as long as the combine is in Indianapolis, I'll get to do a week's worth of shows with my buddy George Bremer from CNHI Sports and the Herald Bulletin in Anderson, Indiana. George, thanks so much for coming on. We're going to be doing reports daily all throughout the week. And like I said, I hope that the Combine stays in Indianapolis for the foreseeable future so we could keep doing this every year. For those that want to check out everything that you're going to be posting, you're going to have articles up, you'll have tweets as things happen throughout the interview processes and all that in the media room. How can people follow you and read your work? Well, yeah, at GM Bremer on, on Twitter or X or Twix or whatever you call it these days. <laughs> uh, and then HaroldBolton.com uh, you know, is where all my stories will be posted. So going to be a busy week. Uh, it always is, but it's always a lot of fun. Make sure you check out everything that George is doing over at the Herald Bulletin and follow him on Twitter. Check out everything we're doing at playlikeajet.com and be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcast and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.